1: Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode at patreon.com forward slash cultaholic.
0: I can fuck
3: a tornado. <laughs> Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show.
0: Smackdown. It's July the twelfth, in the year of our Lord two thousand and one. My dad is at a computer. Heresy, the way to your love. This is a single. There's fish in the bath. From British pop group Heresy, the winners of the UK version of Pop Stars, uh, the way to your love debuted at number one. And the UK singles chart with first week sales of 57, sorry, 75,000, I can't read, copies. Despite the success of the group's debut single, Pure and Simple, the Wait to your love spent only one week at the top of the charts and sold only a tenth of their first record sales. Oh. It was the second lowest selling number one single of 2001 and did not reach number one in 2000. I heard it. It's rubbish. It's not very good. They, they, nailed, they nailed the first, it all went wrong after that's right, wrongity wrongity, wrong. <laughs> wrongity, wrongity,
1: wrongity, wrong. Travis
0: are still the Invisible Band and still visible at number one in ah. the UK album charts. Lara Croft: at Tomb Raider is the number one film in the UK box office. It's a whatever silly Billy film, but Rimmer is the Butler. <sighs> the excitement when I went to see it and I went
1: Rimmer, to Chris Barry, uh, who oh, I think he's he's always gonna go. He's always going to be Chris ba- Barry, isn't he? He's always going to be Rimmer, isn't he? He's always going to be Arnold Rimmer.
0: Yeah, or Mr. Britass. Yeah. Or, do
3: you think more Mr. Britass than. To some people, Arnold Rimmer? they pumped
0: out like two series of British Empire in a year at one point. Yeah, they, they, it was they couldn't get enough of that show, but nah, to me, he's, he's always going to be Rimmer. I thought
1: he was an excellent Brummy in the British Empire. Mm. He was a Brummy, wasn't he?
0: Was that what he was going for? Yeah, he was going for a Birmingham accent. Chris Barry's impressions, to which... Misty Weatherby. Because uh, he started off doing Spitting Image. His yeah. impressions always sound like Chris Barry doing an yeah. impression. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? So it's but, hard to tell sometimes. But
1: Colin from British Empire was my first introduction to the Geordies. That's right. Oh, yeah. Mr. Britass.
0: That's right. He's the professor. No, no, no. He's the scientist. No, no, no. He's the thick cunt, isn't he's he? He's
1: the thick cunt cleaner. Of course <laughs> he the man, who,
0: the man who eats mud. Yeah, great.
1: Oh, Mr. Brass, my arm's all monkey because
3: I'm a fucking dirty cleaner. Oh. Of it's me. not worked the same since, you know, I thought you closed the
1: mind. <laughs>
0: fucking arseholes. And then
1: there was a lady that kept her baby in a in a drawer. Carol.
0: Not, I don't know this. Those three rhymes. nursery
1: I tell you, I quite fancied from British Empire. We will get to the Smackdown podcast in a bit. Um, (laughs) Ironically, Linda. (laughs) Of course you did. Linda. (laughs) Remind the viewers at home who Linda was. She was the fit as a fiddle um, lady who worked, who did like all the sports exercises and stuff. I think, was it Laura? Oh, was it Laura or was it Linda? I'm going to have to check now. Um, She had blonde hair. British Empire. Was it Laura or was it Linda. No, it wasn't Laura. I uh, didn't mind Laura. Yeah, Britain, very bossy. Mandela, effect? It was Linda. It was Linda. Oh. I did like Linda. Yeah, she was. I liked Linda a lot. She was a bit wild. She had a thing. bit of a creepy smile. Creepy smile, and I liked her.
0: Yeah. <laughs> British Empire, Chris Barry.
1: Yeah, like Chris yeah, Barry. Any memories of Tomb the uh, Lara, <laughs> Lara Croft Tomb Raider film? No, just British Empire. <laughs> no, <laughs> No, Angelina Jolie was perfect as Lara Croft. Mm. Like, like you couldn't have found her more. In terms of like the 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 the, the presence it was a very perfect rendition of Lara Croft yeah. from the
0: time what was it the second one did so badly that was it idos blamed that film for the reason why the game didn't sell very well really what was it the p s two one was rubbish uh, one where uh, I need to get out of this room, but i'm not strong enough, so I had to like push a crate ah. Now I'm strong enough to open the door. <laughs> hey, why?
1: Must get out of these wet
0: clothes. <clears throat> I must make bread. Oh, no. Toast too hot. Put in fridge. Aha, now is bread.
1: <laughs> this is really funny. Anyway, you know it. what?
0: That second Tomb Raider film was rubbish. That's why no one played
1: this <laughs> one. I, I'm sad that there wasn't a bit in the Tomb Raider film where she shoots the butler in the walk-in freezer. They should have done that. They should have put Chris Barry in the freezer. Chris Barry, oh. can you go and get me, you know,
0: the, the good chops out of the freezer? <laughs> Certainly, madam. <bottom.
1: laughs>
0: yeah, she's, she's laughing like a sailor. <laughs>
1: go and get me the good chops. He walks in and Anoki's in there.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's how the film ends.
3: <laughs> that's how it ends. Executive
0: <laughs> producer Anoki, what are you doing here? Do, 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 do. It's cold inside.
3: <laughs> what a film! Tomb Raider. Hey, Chris uh, Barry, get in there. Get me some chops. Andoki's Inoki, waiting in there. The red dwarf theme, please. That's the Tomb Raider film.
0: Wrestling still to come. On July thirteenth, Mickey Ward defeats Emmanuel Augustus by ten round decision in the fight of the year made by Ring Magazine. Augustus' televised bouts garnered a cult following, in part due to his unique drunken master style flair in the ring. He, he could have been a beat em up character. Yes. Augustus. One, two, dance punch, punch. He very much had like a character about
1: his his, really his offense, which was really cool to see. Yeah, like how The Rock had his own sort of punches compared to everybody else.
0: Punch, punch, punch. Look at my hand, punch.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, the first episode of the popular sitcom, The Office, is broadcast on BBC Two. Ah, oh, mm. memories of that one. That was an innovative thing. The shaky camera. I
1: have an office reference in the notes today, strangely. Ooh,
0: Taking it all the way back to 01. Yeah. Uh, on Digital is rebranded ITV Digital. <laughs> <laughs> on digital the
1: <laughs> well on digital was was ITV's digital platform but then they made it ITV digital but they I thought call it, it the ITV
0: to begin with isn't it because ITV's made of a conglomerate
1: yes there was a lot of uh, red tape around sort of how ITV in the UK could function because it was a series of regional channels that were hoyed together so there was sort of re- limitations on what they could be called and stuff like that it was very messy mm. they eventually sorted all that out and now it's just ITV all up and down the yeah. country and it's a bit more streamlined and yeah. radio goes through similar things Things just streamline it all. Makes
0: sense. Uh, Richard and Judy host the final their final edition of This Morning. Thirteen years after the show launched,
3: (laughs) sorry, that
0: was and that was how we all reacted. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) GTA Three, a spec is the big game of the week. Ooh, cars. Uh, And then the British transfer record is broken for the third time in eight months when Manchester United pay Italian club Lazio twenty eight point one million quid which in dollars is $28.1 million. (laughs) Ridiculous use of money. That could heat a house for a week these days. (laughs) Argentine midfielder Juan Sebastian Varon. After the sorry one season, he moved from Lazio to Manchester for the few... he was quoted as saying he has no fear of the Premier League. Well, they always say that, don't we? Veron's <laughs> first season at Old Trafford started well. In September 01, he found the back of the net in three of Manchester United's four outings, including a golden assist and a 5-3 comeback win at Tottenham Hotspur, which ultimately mean being awarded the Premier League Player of the Month. However, as the season progressed and fatigue settled in, his performances declined. He would have trouble adapting to the relentlessly faster pace of the Premier League, which you always hear about European people in the come over and are where he was not allowed the same space and time on the ball. There was plenty of pressure on him at the start of the second season at Old Trafford, and his performances did improve considerably, especially in the Champions League. However, injury meant that he missed most of the end of the season. Questions over his performance led to an expletive-laden tirade against the media by manager Sir Alex Ferguson. Quote, Veron is a fucking great player, were his <laughs> parting words, and you're all fucking idiots, <laughs> end of the quote.
2: <laughs> However, fans
0: and pundits alike agreed that the signing was an expensive flop, Veron later commented the reason for his fitness problems and the struggles with injuries at Man United were due to the less intense summer <laughs> preseason training in England. You know, there was less intensive training for the much more intensive seasons of football.
1: <laughs> Good one, Veron. I like Alex Ferguson, like sticking to his guns and just going, "He's fucking great, and you're fucking idiots." I like that. Like, I don't, I don't like those managers that sort of, you know. Sort of hide behind parlance and beat around the bush. If, if he believes it, he's fucking great. You're all idiots. Yeah, I like that. Whether well, you agree with it or not. Exactly.
0: Well, two things are expensive and not a flop uh, Matthew and Tom Campbell, who are going to be talking through you this week's Cultaholic Classic SmackDown Review. Tom. You're bronze. Oh, You're, you're like the... Tom Bastard Jones. Where have you been <laughs> and what have you been
1: doing? If you're on the Patreon, you can see that I am for now a and, Uh You know where I'm going, because last time we got together, we talked about it. Well, know, I, I, my... I'm doing that thing where
0: pretend not to What we... are you? Where are you, but Mr. Been Radio Man? Here. And of course I know where you've been. <laughs> oh,
1: but they know where I've been as well. So, where yeah, haven't I been? Landed oh. back in the UK. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday the 29th. Uh, you're hearing it on the 1st of October. Landed back in the UK uh, a bit later than expected on sort of Tuesday afternoon. Got back to our home Tuesday night and I was back here the following day and it was just like straight back into it. I had a beautiful two weeks
0: in the Maldives. Has hmm. uh, the, uh, the horrible weather, that's a nice way of saying it, I guess, it's a very British way of saying, describing a horrible event as a nice to thing. that affect anything coming back? Uh, no, we we did all right actually, because um,
1: generally our time there we were rolling the dice a little bit because we went to the Maldives, Alex and I, during the wet season. So which we, we realised after we'd booked it, <laughs> We're like oh. it's gorgeously sunny all the time, and then j- between like like July and September, it apparently just hoys it down constantly. God, the the gods shined on us because they had a week of awful weather, and then we landed and we had 2 weeks of pretty much back to back sunshine with the exception of maybe 3 nights when it rained overnight for about 45 minutes and like just like threw it down like it owed it money uh, and just like uh, and then apart from that we did except on our last day as we were leaving the weather was turning so it's always nicer when you leave somewhere when the weather's getting bad you know um, but yeah, you, you want to look out the window and go ha ha ha, as, as the people who live there go. Urgh. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> Damn, you come back, bring that good. This is all your fault. Uh, I've mentioned, I talked about it a bit with Sam uh, on the classic night review, which you heard on Thursday. If you listen to all of them, you're mentalists. Um, it was probably, the, it was the best holiday we've ever had. I hands hope down, so. I hands mean, down, Paradise Island. Literally, you land at Mali Airport and you get a speedboat to the island, which is Ooh. 25 minutes offshore, and you are just away from everything. It's a resort island, and there's bars, there's swimming pools. You've got just the most gorgeous beaches in the Indian Ocean all over the place. Um, we swam with turtles. We went, oh. to, went and watched dolphins dicking about as the sun was going down. went paragliding. We had a day at the spa that was on the island, and oh yeah, I got engaged. That happened as well. Oh yeah, that. That's small matter that happened as well. That I, I believe. Thank you if you voted uh, in the Hall of Fame because I checked it before we started recording this morning. And <laughs> oh, unless something dramatic happens, I think it's won. So thank you very much for uh, for nominating that. So that was a, a lovely moment. Alex and I got engaged whilst we were there. Uh, so. Uh, Alexandra Helena Campbell who says name changes in wrestling are bad are coming soon to uh, coming soon to a passport office near you (laughs) oh yeah she has to get a new passport I thought of that Um, it was the best time Uh, I'll tell the story again about the ring great film Um, so I got Alex the the engagement ring got it before we left took a ring from her side of the table and uh, went I'll take that get that size got the size I needed and the jewellers presented it her on the day lovely video lovely moment we booked booked a private dinner on the beach just us two as the sun was going down we booked it so we'd get it as the sun was setting perfect she puts the ring on it's a lot of leg room in this ring (laughs) and I said I got a ring from your bedside table so I thought it'd be all right and she went did you pick up one of my thumb rings by (laughs) chance
0: So I was like, do you,
1: you have thumb rings? So it, it fits beautifully on her thumb. Just not on the wedding band's finger. <laughs> it's fine. We're getting it resized. Like, I rang the jewellers. I told them I, need, I told them the size that I got and the size I needed. And they had a good laugh. And they went, wow, you really got it wrong, didn't you? And I went, yes, I really did. So it's, it's, it's an easy fix. It's fine. Um, and on the plus side, if she pulls out uh, Prince Charles... <laughs> <We haven't. laughs> that might just fit on his ring finger. <laughs> but it was beautiful. Thank you for all the lovely messages that we got as well, like uh, from yourself as well, and many others. Uh, we were very, very blessed, very lucky. Uh, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I'm going to, sounds really soft. I'm going to marry my best friend.
0: I'm so genuinely thrilled for you. Isn't it lovely?
1: Isn't it lovely? Yeah. Yeah, she's great. And um, yeah, so uh, we haven't set a date. Uh, we probably going to give it a little bit of time. Uh, first, maybe because we've got because I know my brother's getting married next year. I think Alex's sister's getting married next year as yeah. well. We kind of want to have our own time and do our own thing. So maybe just after that. But it's, it's going to happen now. I've, I've got it. She's contractually obligated to stick around. Uh, but a beautiful holiday. And uh, you know, it's a good holiday when you get a little bit sad about leaving, when you get a little bit emotional about leaving. Aww. As we were driving away on the speedboat, we're a bit like, so we, uh, we're going to go back there for the honeymoon. Oh. That's the plan. Uh, it's because that gives us about two years to save up to do it again because yeah. it was really fucking expensive. Um, but when it's, the plan is, when we get married, we're gonna as soon as we get married, we're just gonna fuck off on a plane and go there for two weeks again. <laughs> That's the plan. Is mad amazing time. An amazing time. I love the fact that I listened to the podcast from last week that you guys did, and Ross said. Um, I thought Paradise Island, I thought you were joking. I thought it was like a, like a fun name you'd given it. I said, no, it's actually called Paradise Island. And I think I asked and said, wait, is that where they go in Pinocchio, the naughty kids?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's it, you did say that.
1: <laughs> did you explain why there were so many donkeys on the beach? I thought it was a uh, Blackpool for a bit. Mm. But anyway, um, more important than all that, um, a new Don't Hug Me I'm Scared series dropped. as well. So That was nice. Let's mm. watch that on the Friday. Have you watched it yet?
0: No, I was going to watch oh. it with my mates, but that's as easy as, you know, probably get the Paradise Island of Artists speedboat. So, <laughs> yes. no, I haven't. But everyone's been, my mates have been quoting it. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to
1: do Oh, you've got to just make some point, just to binge it on Channel yeah. 4. It's beautiful. They've done, they've done a great job. They've kept it very true to its original, dark, delicious, hot comedy. Mm. And they've added a bit of lore. Well, good. But not in a really horrible, not in a really, like, shoehorned way. Like they, they've done it in a cool way. They've added a bit of law because I quite like the fact that the law was so, and and it's still very much, it's very open to interpretation as to what it is. But they add a little mm. bit of law to kind of guide it somewhat.
0: It's very good. Um, how are you?
1: More importantly,
0: I'm I've just gone. T- right. Oh, of course. But Tom, you do this when uh, you get married in the Maldives. Uh, <laughs> no, I've not been married yet. Uh, I've not even been to Maldives, and or mm-hmm. been on a speedboat for that matter. Don't uh, think. You should. I've not even watched the Channel Four series, so uh, <laughs> very bad. Just taking along, nothing exciting. It's been me, Fallout, New Vegas, and a lot of rain. So yeah, that's it. That's not that exciting, but it's been doing me. There's not <laughs> to be roller coasters and explosions in the world of Mafu. Now that's I think you've
1: I think you've got the right little balance there Fallout like New Vegas, especially like because we left the UK just after the Queen passed, and then they went. You've got we've now got ten days of mourning and so the country just ground to a halt for the time we were away which <laughs> is interesting i didn't we were we were by the pool on the on the monday of the queen's funeral and i was i was people sharing on twitter like the programme guide on the planners and how it all was like the funeral queen Elizabeth funeral even like Babe Station was playing the funeral queen that Elizabeth. was interesting uh, people, yeah, the one that I was hoping up,
0: for alternative coverage but it was the same coverage. the one that went on Sky Digital if you go down far enough people are not in the UK you go down to Sky Digital and it shows all the porn things uh, as well the like naughty Nine Nine. Channels, the yeah, Rudy channels the naughty channels and there they all were Queen's funeral, the Queen's funeral, the Queen's funeral, and then someone just quote that and goes, "God, it's gonna be a hard one."
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I nearly put that as a tweet, and then I thought, no,
1: about hundred people have already done it. <laughs> well, in every uh, sense, yeah. Well, I respect. Adam, <laughs> it's what she would have wanted. <laughs> Queen was a big fan of wrestling. I think it's good to put that out there into the world. We mentioned it on the Classic Night review. Yep. Uh, Queenie and Philip. Uh, would quite often on a Saturday afternoon uh, bunk off from their royal pursuits to watch Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks on World of Sport. Mm. Uh, this is something that, that uh, other people including Dave Meltzer have reported yep. on. Which I thought that's great. And queen the a little bit of wrestling.
0: favourite Queen fact I guess was that she, uh, every director head of the BBC has been knighted or be given OBE or CBE awards or whatever apart from the bastard who cancelled Doctor Who <laughs> which, <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> the Queen was a big fan of. The Queen loved Doctor Who. She's like, you're not getting anything, you fucking idiot. Yeah, she even looked at the, the crap years. <laughs> the guy at a point. It was rubbish towards the end. But, but you know uh, what?
1: The Queen, like yeah. Queen, is like, is a super fan of Doctor Who. She was a super fan of Doctor Who. She was like, even during the rough years, oh, I'm going to stick with it. Hmm.
2: It
3: might get better. One hopes that it's... Fuck the writing, it's fucking... Oh, yeah. My corgis love canine. <laughs> all this episode of shit, all the Daleks are back again. I, I
1: love the idea of Queenie being on, like, a Doctor Who forum.
3: Oh fuck Daleks again. Great creativity, fucking... Fuck.
0: User, uh, not the Queen. <laughs> username H-R-H, the Queen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh clever dicks, bringing back the Cybermen. Hey, hey,
0: hey, hey, what do you think of that, that joke towards the end? One was amused. <laughs> hey! hey! Go on, Queenie. Go on, Queenie. Um, well, God bless Queenie, uh, who, who left us during the uh, during the yeah. absence. She loved Big Daddy, but she stopped watching during this period. because oh, I, I wasn't really a
3: fan of the WCW. <laughs> couldn't, really well, get rather it, confusing. couldn't really get into Nitro. It was really, really complicated. What was the New World Order? Don't like this talk of a New World Order. Oh, oh, she no. would have
1: hated a New World Order.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know anything to do with that. Oh, no, my lizard skin has fallen <laughs> off. Why did they just call them Diesel and Razor Remote? <laughs> Come on. I don't get it. Why is Vince being? Vince... I leave the country? Why... I'm still the queen. <laughs> Why is Vince being such a little bitch about it? Why would you sign a contract that says uh-huh. they own everything about you? <laughs> oh, that's what I gave to India. <laughs> <laughs> That's right My face is on your money,
2: bitch.
3: All the money's
1: changing soon. Like, it's all, it's all st- mine! Yeah! Charles is currently. No, like, go, go away. Charles is currently doing snow angels in it. Like to get it ready.
0: <laughs> I'm getting king money soon. The fucking snow <laughs> agent snow wolverines giving his digits. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, I watched him. Everything Everywhere at Once, which is a magnificent film. Mm-hmm. God, I was I was filled with such happiness and warmth watching that. Uh, it goes through multiverses and stuff, and it's getting a more common thing. This is done in a very nice way. Mm. But at one point, there's one multiverse they go into where they've got giant fingers, <laughs> and all I thought was,
3: <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, "What were you thinking?"
0: Oh, uh, you know, what my were song, you thinking? The thoughts left me. <laughs> <laughs> there was also this weird one where the, the king had big ears as well. But enough of that, Tom. What's next on this lovely show we're doing? I don't know. Just making it up. Um, We're we're
1: bringing back the letters next week because I haven't had many while I was away because very kindly you didn't send any because I asked you not to. So there was none. So we'll do them next week. So the, the emails are back open for next week. Uh, If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, bits, skits, lulls, observations that you've made about the classic Smackdown review, you can email them to us, classic at cultaholic.com. We'll do a big fat mailbag for you next week. Uh, But what we will do is go through uh, some notes ahead of this episode of the classic Smackdown review. By the way, mate, it's just occurred to me in my mind palace... Fucking hell! Happy one hundredth episode of the cult classic oh, is it? SmackDown. <laughs> That's how I'm finding out. Now, technically, it's now now technically it's ninety nine because we have a lost episode in there. But yeah. we're gonna. But this is the this is the one hundredth episode of SmackDown that we're talking about. So technically, this is the one hundredth SmackDown oh. review. Yeah, so it should go. be, shouldn't it?
0: Yeah, look at that, 100, oh, 100 Good, because it's a banger when we get
1: to it. Oh, it's a banger, it's a banger. We're going to get to it. So, uh, this is uh, what was going down in the wrestling world... Uh, around this time, well, around this week of Smacketh Downeth. What's the date of this episode again? July the the 12th. July the 12th, 2001. Uh, ECW has been reborn. So WWF had these grand plans to launch a separate WCW brand uh, to have it take over either a Saturday night time slot on uh, the USA Network or potentially take over Monday Night Raw. They, we had the Tacoma episode of Raw that put everyone into Tacoma hey. and they fucking binned all that idea off pretty quick. So uh, in, a, in a real about face that happened over a course of maybe a week, uh, WCW's war with WWF was ramped up with the rebirth of Extreme Championship Wrestling. The formation of ECW, according to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer, was decided upon late last week after the realization the current plans, as they were laid out, were going to be a disaster. To show how wild the ideas had become, according to Dave, there was serious talk of bringing in Eric Bischoff to Raw on Monday all coming out of Atlanta, they were going to use Bischoff uh, as part of the plans to, to ramp up the Invasion pay-per-view, possibly even booking a Bischoff versus Vince McMahon match for the show. However, those plans fell through. I'm sure Eric Bischoff will have thoughts on how that all was transpiring. He might even be denying it all. But according to Dave, what was going to happen was they wanted to bring Bischoff in to kind of kickstart the angle. And then when he loses to Vince, just fuck him off. And Bischoff went, no. Nah, fuck off. <laughs> if you're going to bring me in, bring me in for more than that. Um, obviously, if you listen to 83 Weeks, I'm sure you'll get a a, a, a different idea of where Eric was going with that Sorry, what WWE wanted with Eric for that particular storyline. Uh, one source claims Bischoff turned down the idea because it was short-term, although Bischoff is himself denied any approach was made, saying he couldn't believe they'd make the approach because they'd have to know, he, they wouldn't know he'd turn it down. So again, 83 Weeks has got a really good uh, angle on that one. Um, so ECW has been reborn. This, I loved this. Uh, we'll talk more about it in a bit, but it, it felt, it really gave us an, an unforgettable episode of Raw, didn't it? That Raw from Atlanta was
0: phenomenal. Atlanta, that famous ECW holdout. (laughs) But yes king aside, you are indeed right, Tom. But what about the lads that the
1: WWF hired from WCW? Well, Dave goes on. A few things seem evident. Much of the original 24 wrestlers from WCW whose contracts were purchased by WWF look to be out of luck. Most haven't even been used on television. If plans change from splitting the company in two, this change will cost probably two dozen wrestlers jobs in an industry where the number of well-paying full-time jobs in this country looks to be at its lowest point since World War II. Most the talented young cruiserweights who were highlights of WCW shows in the last several months of existence would likely never even have got the chance to show their wares. Um, We do see some WCW wrestlers featured on SmackDown this week, but it is a paltry number of talent, uh, which we will get to in a bit. One particular name is now done with the company, and that would be Marcus Buff. Bagwell, Uh, Part two of the Ballad of Buff Bagwell kicks off from here. So before Raw opened in Atlanta, Buff Bagwell was given his marching orders from the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, Dave says he was let go for an amazing ability to accumulate heat in almost record time. Uh, For all the reasons that we've talked about previously, this included being late to training sessions on the regular, not taking them seriously, that fight he had with Shane Helms during the training, yeah. Uh, general, A general arrogance backstage that rubbed a lot of people up the wrong
0: way. Uh, and allegedly, his, his mum ringing in the office, according to Jim Ross. Yes. Uh, Buff Bagwell denies this. He absolutely loves Jim Ross for the lies he's made. It's funny that similar things were said about him in WCW, though, uh, and his mum up, but. Just saying, why? What else is happening? Well, there? the writing was on the wall for Buff because
1: he was showing and up late to these out. training sessions, and uh, <laughs> and then when they started doing the house show stuff with the wrestlers, Buff baggle's name was removed from all the call sheets and replaced with Mark Jindrak. Uh, uh, so therefore, Buff that's B- easy then. Just
0: go up the just cross them out. <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh, he was getting a lot of ribbing backstage. Um, there were also plans, very briefly, uh, for him to be a part. Uh, of uh, a a storyline beatdown of the WWF talent in Tacoma. Uh, That was binned off in favor of putting Mark Jindrak in there instead because basically Buff Bagwell had fallen so far out of favour. None of the WWF guys wanted to work with him. And all of them took it in turns to take the piss out of him. Uh, there, was a lot, there was a lot of ribbing of Buff Bagwell backstage. A lot of people had like a sort of a Deadpool type thing for when Buff Bagwell was going to be uh, gone from the company. Uh, and by the fact that he survived as far as the day of the Atlanta show, he exceeded many expectations. Uh, Bradshaw in particular, you'll be surprised to know, was one of the spearheads of some of the ribbing here. Uh, talking Talking about, a, a, you know, taking the piss out of Bagwell's mum to Bagwell's face. Starting the, you know, furthering the rumours about his mum calling head office uh, and complaining about his travel reservations on several occasions. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody also behind the scenes, it was never revealed who, punched a hole in Buff Bagwell's hat.
3: Oh,
1: I have dang. not heard that. But I just, <laughs> just... How can you punch a whole... Uh, yeah, okay. it's
0: probably easy. Yeah, they just...
1: I could, I could just picture somebody just holding up the hat and just going... <laughs> straight through it. Um, Buff had a really rough time. He didn't make any... From This from, was
0: all over a week and a bit, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, this, is, two this weeks? is in
1: the space of barely two <laughs> weeks that all of this has happened. Buff Bagwell has been uh, invited to be part of the WCW Invasion angle. He's been featured fairly prominently on television. Uh, he's been turning up late for training sessions. There's an arrogance about the fact that I don't need training. No, you do. It's a different ring. We don't want you fucking hurting people. Look at what's happened so far with some of the us in this ring. Um, uh, and then just walking around with very much an arrogant swagger about him. That, you know, in front of The Undertaker and Bradshaw. And then, and then here we are. We've got to Atlanta at Raw, the night of this massive angle where everything's about to go from here to here and Bagwell's gone before the show even starts. And that's the, that's the end of the ballad of Buff Bagwell.
0: The worst For first day time. on the job since Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 2. <laughs> 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 oh, thanks, Buff. The best thing oh. you've done in 20 years. Screw you and your awful Twitter. I'm
1: buff, I'm the stuff, and the Fed said, that's quite enough.
0: (laughs) And you're not getting your (laughs) T-shirt.
1: So ECW's in, WCW's in, Bagwell is gone. Uh, ECW back on television has, you know, at the same time, it was a perfect time, there was an ECW reunion uh, in Buffalo, New York. So you know about this?
0: Yeah, I have a copy of this on DVD. So oh, okay. The
1: HW Reunion, the only one
0: they'll ever do. <laughs> oh, okay. it, was, it was just
1: funny how it was happening at the time that the brand was coming back onto television. Uh, it featured Tommy Dreamer and C.W. Anderson. Dreamer would end up, of course, doing stuff in the yeah. WWF. Uh, we saw Danny Doring, Roadkill, FBI, Balls Mahoney, Jack Victory, Mikey Whipwreck, Johnny Swinger, Nova, Chris Chetty, Tom Marquez, and Chili Willy all on the card for the ECW reunion, um, C.W. Anderson, which, hang on, so the main event was Tommy Dreamer versus C.W. Anderson, played more for comedy. It was enjoyable at that. Tommy Dreamer, who gave no indication that he was going to Atlanta for the real ECW reunion, came out to Ric
0: Flair's entrance music. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the one <laughs> thing I remember about that show, because it was just outside in this little get-together. Sabu comes out to a song, I'm trying to know what it is, because it's hilarious.
1: All I know is that he beat Angel and he was a total mess, apparently, according to
0: Dave Meltzer. Sabu had a rough night at the office. I'm so annoyed because it was just that... odd. It was blatantly. Uh, I haven't got the ECW theme songs list on my on my CDR that I've packed the bone for the show. Was it? Was it? San, was I it Sandopolis
1: a... Zone from Sonic it, and Knuckles?
0: <laughs> it was everything. It was such a random, like, rock song. Like, I don't know, Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) It's something like that. I'll have to find out, but it was hilarious. Please find out for us.
1: Um, Now, in amongst all this, the WWF are having themselves uh, a developmental system shuffle around. We talked about it last time we were together. Uh, uh, We've seen the WWF developmental talent finish up in Memphis this week ahead of being moved uh, to different sites, one of which is Ohio Valley Wrestling. Ohio, Ohio. Uh, Christian York, Joey Matthews, Lance Cage. Spanky American Dragon Brian Danielson Russ and Charlie Haas Steve Bradley Joey ABS, and the Island Boys all finished up for MCW this bunch weekend of bunch of nobodies bunch of no-name mugs um, MCW is going to keep using local talent uh, and it's going to run on as it is but without a WWF developmental
0: ah, sl- uh, so twister. you're saying that WWF uh, are walking on Memphis
1: <laughs> hey! he's bloody done it He's gone and bloody done it, hasn't he? Uh, A a very memorable episode of Tough Enough aired this week (laughs) as well. Uh, This is the one. I haven't got the notes on there, so I'm going to have to get the notes from the Observer itself. So this is the episode that features Triple H. Okay. Uh, And and if you haven't seen it yet, so Triple H gives uh, a, a bit of a session, a coaching session, to the stars of Tough Enough which he watches them taking bumps, sort of critiques them on how they take their bumps. And then he really levels them with some home truths about uh, the real world of professional wrestling, saying how you're going to be away 360 nights a year, how you're going to miss your children growing up, your family's getting older, you're going to miss birthdays, Christmases, uh, and and you're going to hurt every single day. And it was this speech that led at least one contestant to quit the show (laughs) because they went... Oh, I didn't didn't think it was that bad. It was a really good bit. It's on YouTube. You can find it everywhere. And Triple H like really because the, the issue with a lot of talent, the one of the the main issue that a lot of talent had with a show like Tough Enough, and we've seen it come around a few times when these shows make a resurgence, is that idea of paying your dues and how you you're kind of you're you're fast tracking your way to wrestling immortality, and it rubs some people at the wrong way who have, you know, bled and sweat and paid the price all their careers. You know, Taz is very aggressive on that show because he's aware, I kind of get it, and at the same time, I don't. He kind of, like, he, he's he's making sure that they feel every inch of the misery that they felt, but at twice the speed. Uh, Triple H bringing them, I think Triple H's speech d- tells a lot of home truths. The, the fact that somebody ended up leaving the show over suggests that they probably didn't consider. I seem to remember them thinking, uh, someone going, Oh, I thought you just wrestled like once a week. It's like, mm. nah, nah, you do all the time. Uh, so, tough, tough enough. And, and do you know what? Tough enough, the show has been getting really positive, criti- positive, positive critique from TV networks, which is nice because I think the general fear was that the show would be panned because it's wrestling and wrestling isn't very cool in 2001. But people have gone. Actually, this is a really good show. It kind of feels like MTV's The Real World, which was very in vogue at the time. So the production style feels very much like it. And it, by virtue of having bits like Triple H's speech to the to the contestants, it kind of legitimizes wrestling in its own way as 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 more than just like you know a faint sport. And there earned some plaudits for it at least. Mm. So. Good luck to everybody involved there. We'll keep an eye on mm-hmm. Tough
0: Enough as we go. I never liked it, but I'm glad others did. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also the speech where, you're right, 90% of Triple H speech is like, yeah, you, you guys should know that about this, about the business. And yeah, it probably is necessary for wrestling training places where there is always dropouts because mm. not everyone, it's not, it's not for everyone. though. No. 5% of that was funny. Your balls were out. Uh, And there is the 5%, that's awkward, where Triple H starts talk about one of his best friends, Darren Drozdov, and uh, Drozdov responded to him being name-dropped, and Triple H said about him and says, "Uh, Triple H hasn't spoken to me since the the incident, so it's like, oh, I'm one of his best mates now, I'm 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 getting name-dropped. Oh, God, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? I love, Dross didn't care. No, In regards to annoying people, he uh, spoke his mind, so absolutely fair Fs to him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Those are all my notes uh, for this particular week in the wrestling. A few other bits and pieces that we'll dig into as we go through. Uh, But let's throw it over to Matthew Gregory, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown, the 100th episode
0: of SmackDown, may I add? You may. I'm gonna adjust my microphone so I can lie <laughs> <down> <laughs> in this chair. Yeah. There we go. Because posture is important. I'm like, <laughs> why am I why am I leaning over this? Like I'm am looking at my phone. Ah, uh, there we go.
1: Find yourself a comfy little spot.
0: So uh, I'm on I'm on paradise chair. <laughs> there we go. Last Monday on Raw on Raw on Raw. The invasion intensified as Chris Jericho and the hottest thing since the UK summer of 2022, Kane, <laughs> took on. Don't call them Team Canada, Mike Awesome and Lance Storm. But here come, of all people, Rob Van Dam and Tommy Dreamer, making their first appearances since the death of VCW, interfere and start attacking Jericho and Kane. But fret not, dear viewer, here comes the WF Mid-Carders, with nothing else uniting them. The Dudleys, Rhino, (laughs) Raven, Just Incredible, Taz, Big Dit Dudley, the Sandman's wife, all (laughs) look like they're about to...
3: (laughs) How do they sneak in?
0: (laughs) All look like they're about to start bouncing awesome and storm like they're (laughs) checks. but instead turn around and start beating up the WF guys as Heyman yells, feel this moment for the rest of your life rips off his headset and tells everyone ECW is invading too, and not just because there's bugger all WCW headliners. Oh, no. Backstage, Vince and Shane agreed to team up as Shane just lost two guys, so it'll be five WCW guys and WF guys teaming up to take on 10 ECW guys. But then they get the WF and WCW guys t- together in the ring to get ready for the match, and the WF guys immediately square go and send the WW guys outside well done dickheads because then the ECW guys show up to shake hands with WCW oh. as Shane reveals it was what a what up all along a fuck up all along <laughs> a balls up all it along
3: it was a setup. Of- oh.
0: close <laughs> Shane reveals he's responsible for the merger of ECW and Money sorry WCW tonight <laughs> and they're going to collectively team up to beat up WF at the invasion oh and by the way the new owner of ECW is Steph more mixed bags than a sale on Revels <laughs> now um,
1: I remember this being a really exciting episode of Raw I love the ECW recap of ECW rocking up as well okay, yeah Shame it became McMahon versus McMahons. But what a moment all the same. Say again. Shame it became McMahon versus McMahons. Oh,
0: shame it became. It's a shame mother. that it became. Oh, it Shane Shane McMahon, McMahon Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes, that's a name, blee, Blah, blee, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. Backstage, Vince McMahon, according to The Observer, was very surprised by the way that Monday Night Raw went because he was adamant that the fans in Atlanta would boo the shit out of ECW, in which they, and actually they gave him quite a mixed sort of baby face leading response. He just went, but they're attacking WWF. Surely they should be hated. Now they were quite into them. And even on SmackDown in Birmingham, Alabama, where we're going for episode 100, uh, it was, again, crowd weren't sure how to react. It was quite, it was quite mixed again, sort of leaning again towards the positive with some matches. Negative with others, but Vince. Vince apparently was very surprised um, about the reaction. Uh, he wanted he he wanted them to boo ECW. They're
0: like, "Oh well, no, we, we like them." was the like, "No, uh, we hate you, WF, But WCW's dead. <laughs> so as long as someone's fucking, yeah, we'll cheer them. <laughs> should he should have done this in like Horseman Country? I can't believe oh. them. they're booing <laughs> us. What?
1: Why? I don't understand. How does that? <laughs> they should love WWF. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley being the, the owner of ECW? Uh,
0: very quick, bugger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that how young Matthew thought? Like...
0: Yeah, because I, I loved the turn because I wasn't mm. expecting it. And even now, there is a slight like, like, oh, stare, stare, stare. Turn around. Oh, but it still felt like, mm. whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, kept you guessing. Yeah, because it was like ECW was cool. <laughs> the WF had never had tape in the say, well, of it, lol, a lot of you, 97, I guess, but they'd it, always been like, w, uh, ECW, yeah, cool, Renegades, woo. They hadn't been like, ah, we're at war with ECW <laughs> or anything like that. So it, it crowd like, oh, that's cool. I've heard of them. Yeah, that was it. They, they certainly had more gravitas. Gravitas, exactly. Earlier tonight, Vince sees Undertaker with a hardcore receding headline. (laughs) Vince says Undertaker's got DDP tonight, so Undertaker can join Team WF at the invasion. That's the deal. Mm. Undertaker wants to beat up DDP one more time, and then he'll join up the the big inaugural brawl. Uh, Anywho, witty wee, witty woo. Wait, that... Oh, a very exciting segment to have for the cold opener. Yeah,
1: weird cold opener. Uh, he, uh, Vince asks how Sarah is, how Sarah is, because she got a diamond cutter on Raw from oh. DDP. Uh, it took a good diamond cutter, to be fair. Undertaker Bang. told Vince to keep Sarah's name out of his fucking mouth, uh, <laughs> and which might make it tough for Vince Amanda to say, Sam Sarah, in years to come. Yep. So We've got a little Will Smith throw forward from uh, Undertaker here. Keep my wife's name out your
0: fucking mouth. Thanks, Doug. That's all right, mate. It feels <laughs> that event feels as old as the thing we're talking about. It right does, doesn't it? Like that was only a few months ago.
1: Time moves fast. It does. It's a it construct does. of human perception.
0: Anyway, so that we call that a really cold opening as we have to get opening <laughs> credits. We're in Birmingham, Alabama, with DDP and Shane versus Angle and Undertaker in the main event. Ooh, King of the Ring rematches! Hooray! <laughs> also. Jim Ross is commentating with Cole because someone has to. Don't like this. Do you know I, I think it's a bad luck combo of Michael Cole and Jim
1: Ross because you've got two play-by-play guys.
0: Um, and, yeah. and they're
1: both very good play-by-play guys. And I think you have... Jim, Jim Ross is able to, to, to kind of let Cole lead, but it doesn't feel right. Like, I'm, I'm so sad that because I'm so sad this happened because Taz was really finding his voice. It's like, quirky. oh, my boy, Joey Numbers. And now we, for a little bit, we get back to, like, serious Taz. I'm like, oh, I miss Goofy Taz. He yeah. was great. My favorite Kingdom Hearts character. <laughs> Goofy Taz.
0: Shane O'Mac heads up. beat me if you can. <laughs> Survi-
3: <laughs> survive if I let you. Why killed, <laughs> killed him. Killed him, killed him.
0: Why murder Wow, the crowds sure love uh, Max. They sure do, Max. <laughs> <laughs> do you Max's with, uh, finisher is red rough. Tearing up with eggs <laughs> and Wait, what's that? I think I've lost control of what that's supposed to be. Moving on. Shane O'Mac heads out looking like an even bigger nerd than I remember him looking <laughs> as he flummoxes down the aisle and sounds so excited about wrestling the Undertaker and Angle tonight. He must have got hit so hard if you got how bad he lost. <laughs> Tony Chimmel makes the uh, commits the ultimate announcing sin. Oh. Uh,
1: Shane leads out the WCW roster as he says, "Please welcome the owner
0: of the WCW." It's not no. the
1: WCW.
0: Bret Hart would always say the WF and the WCW.
1: Brett fucking loved the definite article. <laughs> Stop it! Uh, not the WCW. It's not the World Championship Wrestling. That makes no <laughs> sense. WCW. Yeah,
0: no, the WCW. <laughs> no, stop it. Brett would say Brett. that. I'm going to beat you at the SummerSlam. Stop it, Brett. the best wrestlers in all of the WCW. That's right. That's <laughs> a quote. Wow, I played that off YouTube. All the WCW guys <laughs> have to do is stand behind Shane while wearing matching WCW shirts looking like doofuses. <laughs> wearing the exact same shirt always works at like 10 dudes. Oh. Stephanie shows up and gets a weirdly huge pop. Or maybe... It's because they're playing Harry Slash's ECW theme and Heyman's mm. with her. Yeah, I'm guessing it's that. Oh boy, here's ten more dudes wearing the same shirts together. Whoop de doo! <laughs> it looks like a bunch of fans. <laughs> I put wait, wait, more jacked up dudes wearing black shirts of colour writing than a Glory Hammer gig. <laughs> oh,
1: fucking out. That's hell. a
0: very specific thing. See, bloody just been, cut. I'd just
1: been to see them and they were very good. Um, so let's let's do a little roll call here. So the WCW roster. <laughs> Robot
0: roll call. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm saying um, the WCW roster, i.e. the roster that belongs to WCW. I'm not saying the WCW. <laughs> um, Shane McMahon, main ba- uh, head uh, babyface, obviously. Uh, Booker T, Yay. Diamond Dallas Page, mm. Chris Canyon, Yay. Chuck Columbo, yeah. Sean O'Hare, yeah. Sean Stasiak, yeah. Mark Jindrak, yeah. Billy Kidman, yeah. Chava Guerrero, yeah. Hugh Morris, yeah. Gregory Helms. Yeah. The ECW roster, do a quick roll call. Tommy Dreamer, it's Rob Van Dam, it's Rhino, Raven, Lance Storm, the Dudley Boys. Wait, what's that song with ECW? Yeah. Is he? Yeah, it? he's yeah, ECW guy. Sorry, the Impact players. That's a bunch of bullshit. T- yeah, Lance Storm is on the ECW side. Mm. Yeah, because Justin Credible's there as well. The Dudley Boys, yeah. Mike Awesome, and Taz.
0: Mike, why is Mike
1: Awesome okay. ECW. That's why they don't call them Team Canada, because they're technically on the ECW side. And I just find it mm. funny. Oh. Looking at these two, because like with the exception of obviously Booker T and obviously DDP, like the WCW roster is like the dregs. Whereas the ECW roster is like the dream roster. It's 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 like the office when Swindon branch invades. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the ECW roster genuinely looks like a legitimate roster of ECW killers. Whereas the WCW roster is like, here's some mid-carders and Booker T and DDP. And I think that's where there is a real juxtaposition with this angle, because it's not really a WCW invasion, because <laughs> the roster's really wafer thin for what it should have been, hence why you needed ECW to, 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 to bulk it up. It's a bit like, you know, when you put, you know, when you, when you put a little bit extra Bisto in your gravy you mix it bulk up the thickness oh i do like doing that you know? mm-hmm. some people put flour in theirs oh yeah you've got to sift it first because otherwise it's really lovely. Yeah. oh right right that's where people go wrong. oh that, that's why mine didn't and work and you have to very you have to do a little bit and then you have to mix it and then you Give have to do a little bit and then you have to mix it a little bit if you do it all at once your flour it just exactly <laughs> does that um, but yeah Aww. so the Swindon branch of the office is uh, about to take over WWE versus the
0: Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> right
3: uh,
0: Heyman brings some focus here saying Vince raided WWE and ECW's talent roster so that's why he wants revenge and he left WF uh, for that ah and then Heyman says oh and it was also Vince who took the TNN deal which ultimately put ECW out of business <laughs> I bet if you asked Heyman about this today, he'd say the same thing, despite it being complete crap. <laughs> you show Stug, You had no stars. You didn't promise you live the ratings. You'd have to blame somebody, and you said it was because TNN didn't advertise very well.
1: Uh, he also um, gave a little mention. Oh, no, I think you'll read this bit next.
0: So in. if WWF took everything from him, Heyman's going to take everything from WWF, starting with Vince's kids. Paul does a good Vince impression and says, yeah, I know I killed your company, but you can commentate next to JR. Thanks, Vince. I was the mole to give Shane the info to steal dubs W from Vince. <laughs> that was enough. So I took the rocket Gibraltar of Ro- Vince's existence. That's right. By giving Steph power over ECW, because power is the one thing that can go between man and daughter. A great promo to make more sense of anything else that's happening so far, explaining why and what's happening and how we're able to do these things. So, well done, Heyman.
1: In Paul Heyman's, true Paul Heyman style, to kind of cut through the line between fantasy and reality, he referenced that he's sitting in Jerry Lawler's chair. Oh, yeah, you know what? Which obviously Lawler is in Communicado. He was meant to be, was, there was conversations about him coming in to be the commentator for WCW Raw. That's now just completely by the wayside because they refused to bring in Stacey Carter. So Paul Heyman mentioning Jerry Lawler
0: is a bit like, oh, that's a real thing. He's shooting,
1: he's shooting. That's girl. why TNN oh, couldn't
0: handle him. Uh, then Steph talks with the ECW War flat cap, which I love. <laughs> and the crowd chants slut. Mm -hmm. Heyman should have said, oh, oh, you think I'm not a good slut? I get more breasts than a KFC bucket. (laughs) He didn't say that. (laughs) Steph can't wait for Vince to die, echoing the thoughts of millions. (coughs) So Steph makes it clear they're here to run the WWF out of business or cause Vince to die. Okay, fair enough. It's still not clear what this means. If Vince dies, do they just get raw? Uh, Do we get raw? should we get smacked down? Oh, and I went, oh, who are they kidding? ECW will be lucky to host Sunday Night Heat with a bowl of Broccoli Lesnar. <laughs> what the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> it's my favorite part of the of the podcast. It's Matthew forgets his own script. <laughs> but it's good. It's like, you know, Christy Clown. Matthew goes, Memento Greg,
3: who's <laughs> just gone, Broccoli Lesnar.
0: Broccoli that's a, It's that bit in the, the Simpsons where Christy goes, oh, who'd have thought it? Me, uh, the woman who was in the Blue Lagoon, and me, a blue-haired goon. <laughs> he pauses and goes, What? That's terrible. <laughs> First off, my hair's green, not blue. Whatever, it's water.
2: <laughs> I forgot about that. It's
0: a good line. Anyway, can you give your thoughts while I go to the toilet?
1: Yeah, I can indeed, yeah. Had a big breakfast. Oh, oh, oh is it back on, is it? Oh, yeah. All right, so as Matthew goes to the toilet, I'll say, really like this as a way to set up the alliance... Story. Uh, we're not effectively calling them the Alliance yet; they're still called WCW and ECW. But I love the way that this is set up. Uh, as I mentioned before, I I think that bringing in this ECW Ringer is absolutely the best thing that they could have done in this situation. Because if you were planning a major invasion angle with the roster that WWF bought from WCW, it was going to tank. Uh, you may notice until we get to the inaugural brawl as it's going to be called at invasion that some of the 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 bigger heavy hitters are kept away from a lot of the the smaller wrestlers in wcw and ecw uh steve austin doesn't interact with any of them kurt angle does a little bit tonight undertaker does a bit tonight kane already has um but there'll be a bit of a distance from them and uh and that's probably for good reason. So it's absolutely the right thing for them to do. Steffi McMahon running ECW. I'm not against it. I was going to mention this to Maff, uh, but he ran off the loose. So I won't, so I'll mention it to you listening to this instead. Uh, it's kind of weirdly in keeping for Paul Heyman, who has kind of conjured this image as this sort of grimy businessman running a wrestling company. Uh, to go to someone like Stephanie McMahon and have them buy him out—that's kind of in keeping with the the grizzly nature of Paul Heyman. And whilst we didn't like Stephanie McMahon running ECW, you know, hey, he's back. I was saying, just saying to 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 uh, uh, them listening um, the whilst we all went a bit like eh, with Stephanie McMahon running ECW. It's kind of in keeping with the, the nature of Paul Heyman as a grimy, I'll sell my kids for a buck businessman right, right, right. To, to take his company and, and basically insist on Stephanie McMahon buying him out for, for bigger plans. It's kind of in keeping, I think, with Heyman to do that. As much as he values himself as like, I'm the renegade. If the chips were down, Paul would go, okay, you buy it yeah. and I'll still be the renegade.
0: Yeah, plus he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be a heel and he's supposed to be, supposed to be the bad guys. So it's like, Heyman probably was like, you know, they're not going to bo- mm. Steph would be great for this role. Ah, oh, yeah, born leader, Heyman. <laughs>
1: there you go. Oh, yeah. He knows how to play the game behind yeah, the scenes yeah. as well. And uh, bear in mind that in storyline parlance, in storyline parlance, Parliament. while this is all happening, the ink is drying on the stock sale to... From Shane and Stephanie, who sold their WWF stock to buy WCW, oh, ECW. Go, yeah. the ink is drying on their stocks being sold to a mystery consortium. Ooh. Who is that consortium? We will find out in a few months' time.
0: Yeah, when it would it would have been better for him to be around. Actually, no, that's another debate for another time. Yeah, that is another debate for another time. Ah, Regal watches this malarkey with Tajiri and explains, "Look, Tajiri." There wouldn't be sport entertainment without Vince. Lol. Regal's character in this situation is a Vince kiss ass, <laughs> But now, Triple H says this exact same thing. Mm. Wrestling in smoky bars. <laughs> it's a smoky bar, kid. <laughs> Some about ba- Boss Man's... Smoky bars are on me!
1: It's Milky Paz. ladies and gentlemen, a <laughs> <Yes>. Forty wood <laughs> a day. Smoky bars are on me.
0: In the corner, of my left, coughing as lungs out. <laughs> <laughs> Can we open a window? Whoa, you're only smoke. Regal appreciates DeZiri staying with the WWF rather than going to ECW. Regal wants to reward him, so DeZiri asks to commentate tonight as a reward. Regal goes, you want the bloody... Oh, okay, then. Only doing that because you have a lovely speaking voice, Tajiri. And I can understand you better than Taz. (laughs) Real quote. (laughs) Real quote from Silly Billy Regal. (sighs) uh, Regal, Again, he's he's a heel, but he's a funny guy. Uh, Speaking of which, Vince is sad backstage. So Austin reminds him he's still with him. (laughs) <laughs> Austin says Vince's hair may be falling out but it's okay because Austin has the answer to all his problems later tonight oh good it's one of these bits now my,
1: my as, a, as a fan age 17 I was watching this quite annoyed about the fact that as this invasion was hotting up we weren't seeing Austin and Booker T sizing each other up like this makes sense mm. and instead kind of Austin is in this sort of offshoot comedy bit but I'm able as an older person to not get so a bog down in it and enjoy it for what it is a little bit
0: yeah. Well said, Tom. I agree mm. with that. Tajiri and generic Japanese theme number two. Oh, thanks, <laughs> WF. Uh, play him to the ring for one of these televised ribs on JR as Tajiri immediately yells, business is about to pick up really badly. <laughs> it's a lovely little back and forth with JR and Tajiri. As JR says, do you speak
1: English, son? And Tajiri goes, so, so. And JR goes, yeah, me too. <laughs>
3: Oh, that was nice. That's funny
0: you no know, oh, one. It's like oh, that's kind of true. You no know, two, uh, twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting someone to sit next to Jr. and go, just
1: speak English, son.
0: Huh? <laughs> and it's Taz who looks fatter than usual. Oh. Must be all those pancakes.
1: <laughs> that's <was> rice pudding. <laughs> He's a rice pudding guy, is Taz?
0: Dub rice pudding? Yeah, why well, put pancake? Oh no. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. You're
1: thinking of Stone Cold Steve Austin pancakes from AI Raw, and Taz did rice
0: pudding. Oh, silly me. The joke was great. You fake fan, Matthew, who watched that video about three times. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, we're still getting rice pudding enjoyment noises from Taz, so
3: that's fine.
0: Cole is upset that Taz turned on the WWF. Cole's kids asked him all week about Uncle Taz. (laughs) Aw, that's actually sad. It's just Tom (laughs) (laughs)
1: Laps.
0: Anyway, here's hardcore Holly to cheer him up.
1: It's <laughs> Uncle Holly. Yeah,
0: A.K. the guy who called him a shithead at WrestleMania 2000. There's an ECW chant to begin as Holly clotheslines Taz, and he flies like a hockey puck as the jury yells, "Ah, oh, Rocket Buster!" Which is a Tazism. Taz sells Holly's AB kick like a low blow, which it isn't. <laughs> Maybe a DQ dummy.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe he's just trying to get a DQ
0: win. Didn't work for the... Like the... How,
1: how a football player throws themselves on the ground uh, and acts her. The
0: that's chubby what... funster is not DQ'd, so <laughs> Holly gives Taz absolutely nothing on the outside and nothing on the inside as well. <laughs> oh, and then Taz gets the Kataja Hajime out of nowhere <laughs> to win. <laughs> Taz with the double Z and wearing the double XL. <laughs> oh, that's good. Then... <laughs> That's good. Well
3: done. Well done, Fast well Thank Matthew. you, Matthew.
0: Then Sweatily stares at Tajiri and beats him up before applying the Kataja Hajime on him as well before staring at Cole. Lots of stuff happening and lots of stuff not happening at once there. I love Taz, as you know, in a serious way, in a non-serious way. Oh, God. I think he'd gotten used to the commentary lifestyle <laughs> and suddenly was like, right, you're wrestling. He's like, oh, oh am I? Shit, I'm just
1: eating six biscuits.
0: And Hardcore Holly is obviously Harker Holly. He's a bag of laughs. Him. Main event Hardcore Holly. Yeah, he did not want to do anything with Taz. Um,
1: he bounced him around. He, he was not having it. I think he was annoyed enough about losing. I'm just going to get a big beating in on you here. It was an interesting... Um, you're going to hear me say the word Juxtaposition. Quite a bit in this show. Interesting juxtaposition here because, like, this is quite historic because this is the first, although it, although it's it, the first pin Taz has in years, it's the first first win Taz had in ages. <laughs> and whilst they're both WWF guys, they have been for ages. It's technically the first uh, WWF versus ECW match on SmackDown, so like this is the first mm. inter-promotional match on SmackDown. It's coming off the back of the promo that kind of explains the massive turn that took place on raw like the seismic change to the landscape that happened on raw so commentary are kind of telling this story about how this is the biggest threat that the WWF has ever had since maybe the steroid trial like the biggest that they've ever had is upon them they're sort of telling this an expo- ex- with exposition as Tajiri's they're going barbecue sauce. Slobber knocker, <laughs> rocket buster. Yeah. It's a strange one. It put me in mind, to go back to a story from my own past, when uh, I was leaving my uh, my old job in Wolverhampton. I was leaving the breakfast show in Wolverhampton, and I was planning to announce it on this Friday morning. I was, I was leaving. I had this big thing planned. And five minutes before I do it, a uh, receptionist comes to the, to the door, it's Michelle, and she says, um, there's two people here who... Are uh, here to sit in on the breakfast show. I said, What do you mean? So, like a mum and her daughter. And I uh, asked my boss, Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, we booked it ages ago. Yeah, they're, they're big fans of the show. They're going to come and sit in. I was like, You realize what they're about to sit in on, don't you? He went, Oh, you doing that now? I said, Yeah. So, well, they're here. I said, Well, they'll just have to sit in on it. So, they're like, So they come in, like, and, oh, we can't wait to he- see how this show gets put together. My daughter listens every morning. And I was like, Well, brace yourself for this. <laughs> And the first link they heard was me announcing that I was leaving. And and then I had to kind of... Then we were taking calls from people who were calling and asking, like, oh, what's happening? Where are you going? And all of this, whilst they're kind of sat a bit like, oh, I thought this would be more fun than it is. And it was really quite sad. But I was like... But they were going, oh, do you choose the songs then? Yeah, yeah, I do. I choose the songs? And it was just... It was such a weird morning. And I kind of... It, it, in my mind palace, the confusion of my mind palace, I was reminded of that, as they're trying to explain the WWF's in real fucking shit here, lads. Like, they're coming for us. And there's Tajiri going, hey, barbecue sauce! Ha-ha! <laughs> I like both segments. I like, I like the Tajiri bit. I'd have done it later in the night. I wouldn't have done it, because I think in that first match, you needed to tell that story of this is why this is important mm. and
0: maybe move that little bit of comedy a bit further in the night.
1: In my opinion.
0: It's funny you say that because the next segment, as you, as again, we're being reminded that this is the biggest threat to happen to we have since, you know, Dr. Zahorian. Uh, backstage, Vince is still mad and reiterates the previous segment. Someone can type it all up. And the, Austin's answer to his prayers is a guitar. <laughs> Austin then plays Come by R to a big ass fake crowd pop. <laughs> wow, well, here we are. And Austin played guitar as Rome
1: burned. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We don't need violence right now. Ever since I was a little kid, when I had a problem, my dad would sing me a few songs and all my problems would be forgotten. I'm offering words and music and chicken soup for the soul. A strange, again, juxtaposition of what's happening here. Like, we're serving a lot of masters. Austin is this sort of comedy goofball. And the invasion is properly kicking off. Like it's as you—that's so beautifully put. Austin playing Kumbaya as Rome
0: burns. Really strange. Really strange. And if that wasn't bad enough for juxtaposition, here's a new sponsor. (laughs) Trust me, you you weren't—if you weren't expecting or prepared for the what advertising looked like at this period, this might be a bit out there. It's Corn Nuts. (laughs) The advert features a corn. Yes, a corn. A corn cob. A corn. Doing a 360 over a ramp on a little bike into a wrestling (laughs) ring as the commentator yells, It's corn gone wrong.
3: (laughs) It's corn! A big clump of nuts! It's got the juice! It's got the juice! (laughs) I can't imagine a more beautiful thing!
0: These aren't your dad's corns. It's
3: corn!
0: Anyway, it's the ECW thing from Raw. Then yeah. the corn drives out the ring and to the back to, I guess, get changed into his usual corn gear. <laughs> the corn had some good legs on him, though. God, it was corn job.
1: <laughs> Do you I think the corn had some really nice legs. Remember the Montreal corn job? Do you remember the Montreal corn job? That was where, uh, Sean, where, where Sean and Brett were fighting. And uh, Sean uh, went to put Brett in the sharpshooter. And just as he did, big piece of corn rode up on a motorbike and did a wheelie over him.
0: And Joy yelled,
1: oh my Cobb! <laughs> and then guess who did a run in? Jeff?
0: Hardy. Cobb. <laughs> I, I tommed the Tom. You did tom the Tom, because I was going to
1: say so Jeff Hardy. It. And I was hoping you'd go Cobb, and i go, no, Hardy. But then you subverted my oh, expectation, oh. you little trickster. You little trickster.
0: <laughs> uh, so you're like George Foreman with those jabs sometimes but to, to dodge and weave nice the only thing more extreme than the corn is Lance Storm who is apparently with ECW now which is bullshit he then says his opening bit yeah, can not be serious for a minute aka his WCW line yeah just saying lads
1: mix a bit of a mix up here
0: do you think they just didn't know you know Lance Storm you're in ECW he's trying to explain them no I was I was in the <laughs> You kidding, and I think he had one oh, w- of the best things about the last days of WCW. And he had his WCW music, didn't he? Uh, or something that sounded like his WCW music. I couldn't tell you what his theme was, to be honest with you. So, I'm gonna have a little quick YouTube. Yeah, uh, whilst you doing that, he explains he doesn't need bells and whistles or pyro or anything really, as he's taking on his old thrill seeker partner, Chris Jericho, which Jim Ross points out on commentary. Well done, mate. That's why we all loved you back then. Yeah,
1: here. they referenced it, which I think was.
0: Uh, Jim really Ross then says, uh, they were both trained by Stu Hart, which is not true at all, but whatever. Right. So, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that now.
1: So, ironically, his WWE his theme sounds like this is extreme. Doesn't it?
0: Mm, I think it does. I think it's trying to be, like, as, as close to his ECW theme as possible, which is that the... Right. Uh, nah, nah, nah.
1: So okay, so I got it very wrong then. I could, could be
0: like 15 different WW themes near the end though, I've got to tell you. Uh,
1: yeah, there's nothing like it then. That's his WWF right. theme.
0: I thought they were similar. They're so generic.
1: Very they're both very generic. Very generic.
0: Ah. Uh, Jericho appears and he's suddenly getting giant pops again. Now he's away from little Spike Dudley. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Jericho helps Storm get his gimmick over by calling him Forrest Gump and point out how dull he is before vowing to get even for the attack on Raw. Jericho is at least fired up and full of support being part of such an important moment. Do you not think Jericho missed a trick here?
1: He said, tonight, I won't get mad, I'll get even.
0: I thought he was going to say, I'll get extreme. I think if he said that, people then expecting him to put him through a table or something, but I get you. Yeah. Uh, that's true. Any of a moment, that would make sense, I agree. Uh, Storm was a favourite of last day Boy, it's cool seeing him here. Even if he isn't in Team Canada, sorry, if he isn't Team Canada levels of Storm yet, mm. or or maybe he wouldn't even ever get to those levels in WWE. I'm not that familiar with all of his run towards the end. If he ever got as good, anyway, we'll find out in the years to come. Storm gets a sweet flying clothesline because he could get serious air for a guy the same size as Jericho before showing us his, his cool stompy stomps and then ducking into Geary to lock in a single crab. Jericho comes back with an arm drag off the top as both friends are working very hard. As Nick Patrick, the evil WWE referee with more charisma than 90% of the WWE guys, is roughing well as well. Yeah. Jericho escapes the single crab before locking in the walls of Jericho for a very popular victory. A good film trailer for Lance Storm. Good shout. I thought this was a lovely technical
1: encounter, just a couple of minutes long. Mm. But a beautiful bit of work with these two. I'd have had these two go a bit longer, I think.
0: I think it was not the but
1: time for They had a busy it, night. But, yes. Busy night ahead, but, you know, any other time. Because, uh, in recent weeks, because the roster has been so awafer thin, they've had to have these matches go longer than needed. But now their roster is is, is very much replenished. So let's yeah. get back to those three minute belters. Yep. So here we are, Lance Storm and yeah, Jericho back on the phone. Yeah, really,
0: really good technical match between these two. It's very nice. I right? agree. Backstage, Austin sings "The uh, Camp Town Lady" like in "Blazing Saddles" to annoy <laughs> Vince McMahon some more. Here's Kurt Angle to save this ship from scuppering. <laughs> Austin says Angle is jealous of him and Vince's relationship until Austin claims Angle can't even play the guitar. Angle says, "Of course I can," and goes, "Go on then." Angle eventually plays "Jimmy Crack Corn" and I don't care. "Jimmy Crack Corn" and I don't care. "Jimmy Crack Corn" and I don't care. I don't care. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. That's right. Until Vince sods off. <laughs> <laughs> well done Angle for making this segment which is going nowhere go somewhere I have to say it's a combo of Angle and Austin making
1: this something because I I genuinely did laughing out loud at bits of this it was when like because like Austin who's playing so badly and then the moment Angle comes in he's like Shut up, you, you're just jealous because Vince is my mate. And then Angle sits next to Austin, and Austin sits as close as he possibly can to Angle. And then Angle says, Oh, can you move back a bit? And Austin moves even closer. Just as Angle's about to sing, Austin clears his throat, going, <laughs> Oh, it's just little comedy bits these two. Mm. Once Vince leaves, um, <laughs> Angle, like, Austin's furious with Angle. Well, there's a bit where Vince says, as he sits down, as Angle sits down to play guitar, Vince says, is this a good idea? And Austin goes, it was till he came in. <laughs> it's just, again, it's a juxtaposition of the biggest Angle in WWE history with this <laughs> wonderful bit of memorable musical comedy from Angle and Austin. This, The chemistry they used to have had for the last few weeks has just been
0: exceptional.
1: Yeah. Exceptional.
0: Again, it is the weirdest time to be having these funny bits, but yeah, anyway,
1: more than really strange time
0: to do but it. But don't worry about these awkwardly placed bits because here's Jared from Subway. Oh, that was weird. He to it? tell you to eat fresh. Oh, <laughs> Jeff already took on Big Show and lost yet again, but then just has kissed him. Yum, yum. Jared's in prison. I was him Jeff Jared, then. It wouldn't appreciate that. Oh, slam,
3: slam.
1: Clink, clink, slam, slam. Uh, um, is this a rib on Big Show again? Making the slam of the week sponsored by Subway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the guy who lost loads of food. Yeah. Loads of food. Hey, hey <laughs> <laughs> he lost loads, he of,
1: lost food. loads of something. Um, yeah, b- big like hair. Hey, big Show is the Subway slam of the week. Eat Subway and be less of a fat bastard.
0: <laughs> big Show. <laughs> what was that? I forget where, where I heard it from. always like, is, "Is you talk to a dietitian?" He goes. How many times of a day do you eat? He goes, oh, five? He goes, how many times a day do you shit? He goes, like, once? He goes, switch those numbers around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Treasure, Jeff are backstage chilling, and you know it's relaxo, because Jeff's wearing a WrestleMania X7 top. Oh, Christ. Bob Buchanan's not wearing his, <laughs> so I assume there's only one backstage and they all share it.
1: When you forget your, it's like forgetting your PE kit. <laughs> oh, God. <yeah. laughs> the ceremonial boring of the. If you watch. The knit
0: infested. If
1: you watch Monday Night Raw from like 93 oh. and 94, all the jobbers on that show, I swear to God, there's like a lost property bin where they go to get their ring attire because they just yeah. look like they've just randomly thrown outfits together. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Leader and Trish agree <laughs> to disagree. The team up at Invasion, but they're still not friends. Jeff stares off at Trish as she leaves, and the other leader and Matt are like, whoa, what are you staring at? <laughs> Trish, you <laughs> idiot. It's not a man staring, a man's single. Just because your relationship doesn't mean anyone else can't be in that one. That
1: is quite I am quite pissed off with them for that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's probably a good idea for Matt Hardy to keep an eye on Jeff Hardy's movements away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, the, the fact <laughs> but the fact
0: that like, oi, what are you looking at?
1: As you say, I'm fucking single. Yeah. Leave me alone, you fucking...
0: I'm here to mingle.
1: <laughs> fucking cock blocker.
0: I need someone to drive me home. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Mike Awesome. Hooray! Hey, hey He's got a crappy goatee, boo, asking the WF seamstress to make him some new duds. One that says awesome on that leg and awesome on the other leg. That Why way, you- he's awesome from all angles. Why would you ask for the kiss of death that is long pants? <laughs> then we cut to edge and christian who are furious anyone else would call themselves awesome because that's their thing so he should have tights that say chump stain and (laughs) Silla on either side says christian or shithead says hardcore holly (laughs) my only note from that is um edge and christian are furious
1: that awesome is using the word awesome presumably he'll be getting rebranded to mike gregory soon (laughs)
0: Anyway, Angle, Austin, Undertaker, Kane, and Jericho get together. And apparently, Undertaker isn't wearing his lifts, as he's only slightly taller than Austin <laughs> and shorter than Kane. Austin repeats every second word Vince says to annoy him, but also show support. Vince tries to be serious, and it's a weird mix of moods, kind of like the rest of the show, when they're trying to do something serious and comedic at the same time. It doesn't quite work. Rather like Iron Man 2. <laughs> Vince heads to the ring to continue to suck this session off. What? <laughs> what? Oh, to continue this suck-off session. That makes a bit this more side. sense, doesn't it? Well, i mean, the, the first version. Well, this we'll get into this. I think yeah. this is this is a good turning point. Ross still brings us up on the podcast. Uh, Vince says Austin hasn't been the same since WrestleMania X7. He's been a brown noser. You know what the WF needs right now? They need the old Stone Cold, mm. The beer-swilling, foul-mouthed son of a bitch. The guy who would KO Vince... If he had a hair out of place. Come on, Austin. Stunner me. Stunner me. Give me a hell yeah for us to see Austin stunner Vince. Crowd chant, hell yeah. But Austin shakes his head and leaves. No, go back, Stone Cold. I need you to lead Team WF. Give me a stunner, damn it. Austin then pauses on the ramp to a big reaction, but then leaves anyway. Come on, Vince. It's no fun if the guy asks for it first. You should know that by now, given all the lawsuits that Vince are matters. Pacini <laughs> warning. Pachini warning. ha <laughs> ha! Ah! Cease talking. Cease talking. Do a Barrymore joke. <laughs> what say you, Tom? <laughs> Sorry, some sort of weird error message on my phone. Oh no, there you are.
1: Stop now. Stop now. Stop, Stop and now. Say Sandicis. Warning. Um I thought this was an excellent segment. It addresses a real elephant in the room which is <laughs> you've got this P-G-G- very... warning,
0: warning. <laughs> not that one, not, not that one. elephant in the I'm room. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tom, my phone's playing <laughs> it,
1: address, it addresses a really important elephant in the room, which we've talked about a lot, which is the the fact that Austin is this wacky cartoon character in amongst the biggest threat to the WWF ever. And they address it in front of everybody and they do it in a really cool way with Vince McMahon wanting the, I say, the old stone cold back. That's uh, good. Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, and Austin, the reactions on Austin's face are brilliant because there's kind of like a, it's like a confused smile. At one point, he goes in for a hug again, and Vince is like, "No." So like, and, and it's almost like you see the gears in Austin's head going. Almost like you get the vibe that Austin's kind of woken up from a almost waking up from a coma, and he's gone. Shit, what, what have I been doing? Like, and he's very confused about it. And then and then him leaving with his head bowed, almost like he's ashamed of what he's become. Oh, it was so good, Mm. and then Vince like literally begging for a stunner. I thought was great, and what it also does, and I'm really glad that they're doing this, it genuinely sells the fact that this WCW ECW alliance, which it hasn't been called yet, is a real fucking threat. Mm. And and the my concern was because like it's a it's an ECW Dream roster, but a very weak WCW roster is it wouldn't be taken seriously and. It's not always from everybody. But Vince really sells this, like, holy shit, right, I need, like, the f- I need you back. I need you at full speed for this because this is, a- is going to be a fucking mess if you're not. And I love that. And I love the panic and the sadness in Vince as Austin leaves because he's kind of gone, well, shit. Now, not only have I not got the old Stone Cold, I haven't even got the new Stone Cold now. Like, I haven't got a Stone Cold at all. This was great. This was my seg. This is one of my favorite segments of the night. Uh, give me a stunner, Steve. Give me a stunner. Like, oh, it was great. It just addresses the issue with the not the issue with the Austin character because it's been really fun, but it addresses a, a storyline issue in that Steve Austin's got to fucking snap out of it and be the old Austin again, hmm. and it leads to a really cool segment next week, Yeah. which is nice. And then, beautifully said, there. Tom. I yeah. you some of the thoughts, opinions
0: you. there. Uh, during the break, we see Austin Debs walking away sadly. Mm-hmm. Well, not sad in the case of Debs, I guess. Vince also leaves to chase after him, and this makes Angle sad as Vince isn't staying for his match. Oh, no. <laughs> Vince is like, uh, uh, I'm sure you'll do well. <laughs> but that means there's no one else to lead team WWF. Angle smells opportunity. Ooh. Anyway, here's the most popular dude in the company, Kane, mm. to wrestle Rhino and his crappy gear one more time. It's even worse than it was the last time we saw it. I've seen better writing on a public bathroom wall. (laughs) Oh, and we find out if little Spike Dudley is staying in the WF on Sunday night heat. Ha, ha, ha. That's right. Get fucked, running storyline. The invasion is here now.
1: Well, there's a reason why, like, that's taken a back seat. Uh, Observer writes that Spike Dudley suffered a hairline fracture of the fibula. Imagine Last week on SmackDown, during the remember he took that Dudley Dog or that 3D, and I thought his leg landed all oh. weird. Yeah, it's it's uh, he's messed up his leg a bit, so he's going to be out of action for a while. He's on a soft cast, he's on a crutch, uh, and it will be a few weeks before he's back up and running proper. <laughs> he's getting wrecked. It's just getting wrecked. Bless him, he's been Bless grafted.
0: Him. So his storyline's been put to one side. The invasions come in. His brothers have turned on him. I'm surprised Molly didn't leave Spike for WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino pushes Kane off the top rope and he lands on his small canes. Wait, isn't that The Undertaker? <laughs> Thank you, Tom. JR rags on Heyman and apologizes to everyone for Ross giving him a shot years ago. Crowd chants, Rhino sucks, which isn't very nice. Kane lands the clothesline off the top, but Rhino hits the referee and then grabs the tight as Nick Patrick runs in and fast counts. Boo, Hiss. Nothing much, but at least Rhino was over. Yeah, Rhino yeah,
1: Rhino not liked by the crowd. Kane very over. These two have a nice little bit they they can have good chemistry together. We've mm. seen them work together quite well before. Uh, but again, I think they're just sort of rattling through matches tonight at quite a rapid pace and matches and segments, so mm. not on much time. Nick Patrick as the we're finally seeing like the the heel ref thing and that'll lead to a, a weird yeah, payoff later on. Uh,
0: but Nick Patrick is the heel ref I do yeah. like. Regal makes Aziri feel better by giving him Taz Invasion. Oh, boy. <laughs> he rubs his head better, I like that, until Earl Hebner interrupts to sell some T-shirts. <laughs> Regal's furious with the bad refereeing and tells Earl to stand up for himself and go batter those other refs. Yay, Nick Patrick doing his NWO heel referee gimmick. Boo, any other ref involvement? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, if people aren't young enough to remember uh, the... Hey Patrick, evil ref. And obviously, you'll get onto that very soon, I guess. Where are you now in terms of years? Uh,
1: 1996 yeah. on the Classic Night uh, Review. It's so the next year, then. next year. We're not quite the heel
0: ref time yet. Yeah. Yeah. Just wait until you hear that guy mm. come promo and be like, that's that's Nick Patrick? Wow. Okay. It's like his dad was a famous wrestler or something. Anyway, leader is here, and so is Trish. They're wrestling. Oh, they announced that they, <laughs> that they were doing the show graphics for them and said, up next, women's leader <laughs> launches trish around the ring and some moves are exchanged before pitting trish after twist of fate and moonsault absolutely nothing to this but it's a prelude to mutton juff watching the match <laughs> backstage as tori wilson and stacy Keebler kiss and hit on the Hardys as leader and trish watch and are like oh no mm. and there's zero pop from the crowd zero
1: reaction to what is happening here
0: Oh boo! Yay, <laughs> the hot boo the cheating, but Jeff singles so oh, uh batter dick and uh we're not gonna pop for this. We're gonna save our crowd reaction. For the pop for lugs. We've gotta actually before you go any further, oh. I've gotta say, fuck you, Matt Hardy,
1: right? <laughs> because it's like, like Stacy like so Tori and Stacy walk in where Matt and Jeff are watching the match where Mutt and Jeff are watching the match. And Tori's like going, oh, hello, Jeff. And Stacey's like, oh, hello, Matt. I've got a secret for you. And Stacey leans in and kisses him on the cheek and then kisses him on the mouth. And Matt kisses her back. You watch Matt, he kisses her back. And then doesn't take her eyes off her as he leaves. And then he's like, what were they doing? Like, you piece of shit. You kissed that woman right back. So like, I hope Lita, right? Whilst Lita should kick Stacey Keebler's ass, she should kick fuck out of Matt as well, because Matt Matt knew what was going on there. Matt was Matt should have just gone, "Whoa, put away your fiery biscuits.
0: I have a woman." <laughs> yeah, it said uh, Keebler kissed him, and he went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I can fuck a tornado.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sleep on the couch. <laughs>
0: Fun fact, Matt is in the shitter. Unlike Lug Shoes for your feet. Yay. Feet for the feet god. who feet is known, for the
2: feet god.
0: Who is known as shoebacker? <laughs> which coincidentally is also Japanese for shoe idiot. <laughs> which you'd have to be. Do not buy Lug's. It's Spike Dudley breaking a crutch over Bubba to help the APA win the tag titles. Weird result, but I guess OPA are kind of over right now. Anyway, dumbass Spike breaks his crutch over Bubba, then has to walk back up the ramp with a bum leg, (laughs) which (laughs) at least means he gets half price at Lugs, Lugs, the shop for people who need to buy shoes. (laughs) Lugs. They're like gloves
3: for your feet. Lugs, you wear them (laughs) on your body.
1: Lugs. Hey, if you broke one leg, you can put a lug on the other. <laughs> Lugs, like <laughs> we're just selling. We're just selling now the bit that you put your foot in, and we're calling them <laughs> a lug holes. Lugs. lug? Leaving luxury <laughs> with our new line of of <laughs> upper class shoes.
3: Live in the lab of luxury. They take money from poorer shoes that they
1: walk by. (laughs) They've got Bluetooth, (laughs) listening to your favourite songs in your holes.
2: Lugs.
1: We'll leave it there. It's all in the lugs. What's the lugs got to do? (laughs) Got to do with everything? Whitney Houston. (laughs) She's not in that song. Shut up, Tina Turner. Oh no. Your it's all gone lugs, a bit. Yeah,
0: dad. Your so lugs are cook.
1: my lugs. Oh, my
0: lugs are, are your, your lugs. Yo, no, it's, it's a JLS. Don't worry, Spike. We've got, you only need one lug. <laughs> For your but feet, feet, five, foot, sorry, foot, <laughs> foot. Ow, ow. Oh, oh that's him. Sorry. Oh. Also on Raw, Shane helped beat up Undertaker with chairs and shit. But then <laughs> Sarah neck tattoo Kane Shane and takes a mm-hmm. diamond cutter for her troubles. She shouldn't have gotten the ring then. To be honest, just stayed away from it all. Yeah, get on. DDP and Shane and Steph mock, <laughs> mock him backstage and don't say much else. That, that was great. I think Shane's yeah. like,
1: "Hey, you're in Undertaker's head now." DDP, be careful. And he's like, "I got this. I'm it's I'm, just I'm a creepy about. man. <laughs> I got this, guys."
0: Okay, okay. It's the biggest challenge up next. Hey, ready for The Undertaker. He's so mad. You've been filming his wifey. You, you have a diamond cut to his wifey. Yo, I got this. The DDP-ster. He's got <laughs> on top of his game. No one can do it like that. The Undertaker's going to be running scared like a baby
3: rat. Oh. Hey, Shane, uh, remember last week on SmackDown where I beat the shit out of you? Oh. No, I don't right. remember. Go oh, just as well. Yo, it's me. I'm the serious heel.
0: <laughs> I'm top baby face. Compared to the referees, Staring down one another in the locker room in the worst version of West Side Story you've ever seen. (laughs) Sorry, Spielberg. All is forgiven. Anyway, is Jeff Hardy... Oh, you are got to say something. Oh, the
1: sole survivor. So basically, the WWF referees... Uh, The sole survivor. uh, Yeah, this comes after Earl Hebner, upset with uh, how his colleagues are running business in the company, bursts into their locker room and starts a fight, which hasn't happened in wrestling since. Uh, The WF referees burst into the WCW referees' office. Uh, Hebner challenging Nick Patrick to a match at Invasion. We're getting a refs match at Invasion. I can't wait. This leads into, as you say, the worst version of West Side Story ever. The sole surviving WWE official from that room. Nick Patrick. Charles Robinson. He's the only guy still with the company today. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know Charles is,
0: but wait, what happened to Nick then? Nick, Nick was gone, like, in 2003. Oh, crap. Yeah, he's been long on. I Nick think Patrick. I meant to say Charles Robinson, but Nick Patrick's in my head because yeah. I want to point out. Yeah, Earl, very bravely goes up to the apparent seven foot Nick Patrick. <laughs> he's massive. He is. He is a huge boy. Right. Also, on... here's Jeff Hardy versus Mike Awesome for the WF Hardcore Title, which would have been a dream match for any other time and place. How very ordinary smartphone. does Mike Awesome look outside of ECW? Yeah. Like so ordinary. Mike Ordinary. His first month or so in WWE looked like he could be going places, but then they just killed that quite quickly. Hasn't he got
3: a title match somewhere? Oh.
0: <laughs> Jeff tries vaulting the guardrail to take out Mike, but takes a bin lid to the face instead. Jeff lands a top rope Frankensteiner. Jeff lands a broom-assisted leg drop off the top before climbing a ladder in the middle of the ring, which Mike knocks down. Mike misses a top rope splash before getting a sweet German suplex on the oh, Jeff. Bang on yeah. it. JR does a good job of talking up Austin's background in Japan as Edge chair shots. Mike as c Land Concerto, which looks very heavily, heavily edited to help Jeff land the swanton bomb to win the title. As we're in a period of many, many titles and many, many switches. We currently have the World, sorry, 3F World Tag Hardcore Women Euro and IC, along with the WW World Tag. United States, it's almost and as many way, as and, AEW. and like, yeah, I missed <laughs> out some. Almost, almost as many, oh, so almost yeah. as many as AEW, yeah. So, I like the, the match happened, it was okay. Um, Mike didn't need to do hardcore stuff at this point, but I guess he's been it because EC dub. It was good. I just all I thought was what this could have been in any other place. Mm. This would have been oh wow, dream match, yum, any yum, other time
1: on, the, on this. They seem to be burning very quickly through a lot of uh. WCW, ECW, WWF matches. They I don't know why they're in. Where's the fucking fire, lads? Why are we why is, I just the thing the one thing that I think is a shame about this invasion is how quick they burned the candle. They didn't need to. Like they didn't have to have every single match be WWF versus WCW at this point. You could have still had WWF matches carrying on and have this sort of rogue alliance knocking around. And you could have saved some of these matches. But it was almost like the moment that Raw ended. I was like right. Every match now is
0: WWF versus WCW, ECW. Mm. Like but every As you match. said though, it's like okay, the the, the rosters are way so we need to have these.
1: Mm, yeah, but I, you yeah. could have still had them. But then, like we've had how many matches? Like how many matches if we had on on the show this week? Let me go through my notes. Hang on. So we've had, uh, we've had one, two, three, four. Our five matches, five matches, and then another two, three segments in the ring. So if I had quite a bit crammed in. You can hmm. give it some time, to some yeah.
0: ease. But yeah, you know, nice, nice bumps by Jeff. Uh, Edge and Christian feuding with Mike Awesome because he calls himself Awesome. It's a good a reason as any.
1: Yeah, what? Well, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it sets up for. I think an invasion. We get Edge and Christian versus Storm and Awesome. That's right.
0: So we get a nice match out of that, which is fine. Yeah, and I can't wait for that because that's the match that starts. They start off, sorry, so it's a pay per view. Starts off with them already in the ring because the entrance are still being constructed. Oh shit! Is that true? <laughs> yeah. No way! Oh, that's awful. I didn't realize that was the case. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird time. Where
1: to bury them? Um, big year for o- 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 001 is uh, 2001 is a big year for Jeff. In this year, oh, yeah. he has won the IC title, the mm-hmm. light heavyweight title, and now the hardcore title. He's won three different division belts in seven months. Busy man and a lot of titles and as you say this is this is the beginning of a real like we've got to pay massive attention to raw and heat the rest of this time because title and some house shows because title changes come thick and fast from here on in like it wasn't until like an hour into the show when we got the lugs moment of the week where i went oh shit the tag titles have changed it's like fuck okay right we're in
0: we're off are we okay yeah, fine a lot of titles so keep up yeah <laughs> keep up Angle attempts to be the leader of the Team WWF, but uh, the other lads stare at him, stare at him, that's bad, stares at him, and he leaves for his main event match. There is no pop from the crowd, sadly. He should have just kept on singing.
1: Yeah, it was a fun little bit, because he was like, he, he tries, as you say, like, I'm the yeah. leader of the Team WWF from now on, this is what we're going to do, and then Under just stares at him, and Angle then just goes, all right, fine,
0: you can be the leader tonight. <laughs> and then Under goes, all right, just keep up, just yeah. watch our backs, lads. All right, kid. Watch yeah. our backs in the main event, kid. Main event time as Angle and Undertaker team up to take on the super team of DDP and Shane McMahon. <laughs> as DDP leaves Shane to run him by himself to take Undertaker's soup bones, or whatever JR calls them, after some tins of spam rights, Angle belly-to-belly Shane, then Undertaker breaks the pin so he can beat DDP some more, even grabbing Shane and putting him in the corner so he can make the tag. DDP is too worried to tag in. And what was the idea here, anyway? A giant coward character is not what Team WSW needs at the top. Shane takes some Chef RD lefts as Angle tags in. And Angle pins Shane, but DDP uses that time to drag Angle outside and beats him down some. Undertaker charges outside, so DDP runs bravely into the crowd to get away from him. (laughs) Shane spears Angle, and now Kurt is down. DDP bravely tags in, and at least the crowd boos the hell out of DDP for that. DDP gets a spinning powerbomb on Kurt as he works over poor Angle. Undertaker finally tags in to get his revenge on DDP in the confines of a proper match. I feel like he's already had his revenge five times already, but whatever. Jokeslam looks to end it, but then Shane prevents it from happening. Shane takes a a huge last ride and then angle angle locks DDP. Undertaker jerks Kurt off uh, (laughs) of the DDP so he can do it and... That doesn't work out for him because then the WWE jerks run in for Kurt and, and- Undertaker to beat up together because they're so cool. Angle takes out some more swarms, leaving Undertaker open for Hugh Morris to take a huge clothesline. And then Undertaker, amazingly, does a special occasions-only giant ass Tope Aids, the pile of humanity, who don't do a good job of catching him. Oh, my God, he nearly <laughs> yeah. face-planted. Shades of the HBK match. But then Kane and Jericho run out to punch, 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 punch as the crowd goes nuts because it's such a cool visual. Finally, the WWE ecw guys bring him into the ring for finishers-only mode. DDP tries to play with Undertaker, but he needs more punishment (laughs) for taking the Diamond Cutter. And then the Harry Slash theme plays as Stephanie saunters out as JR yells, We need the old Stone Cold!
1: (laughs) Ah, that was the main event. What do you think, Tom? Right, a few notes on that. Um... DDP and Shane, one of these two, as they run to the ring, will get in there and bravely fight. The other will cower. They, why did they get this the wrong way round? Because <laughs> DDP's the one that backs away. Okay, okay. DDP being the one that backs away, that kind of makes sense because he's in the end of The Undertaker. The bit that pissed me off, and it's a Shaneism that fucking everyone hates, he's in the ring. Shane McMahon, a non wrestler, Kurt Angle there, The Undertaker there. Instead of kind of going, okay, let's stop and talk about this. Shane bravely shrugs and swings for the Undertaker. Like, stop it! And this is Shane has has garnered so much heat over the years for basically acting like a proper wrestler when he's not a proper wrestler. Like, he's he should be. He was the best when he was a cowardly chicken shit. So him throwing himself into a fight with the Undertaker, it's just it's shit. And I don't like, like, the DDP thing of him hiding is fine, but I don't like that we consider Shane McMahon like a, a, a hardcore wrestler amongst them, which he's not. Uh, I liked the, the the end visual. Took fucking ages to get there. Because at one point, Undertaker and Angle were just, on their own, just turning back ECW. <laughs> like, and then it took more to kind of swamp them. And then, then Kane and Jericho came in. And then they sort of cleaned house again, but then they kind of got swamped again. And even in the end, as you say, DDP have had to put the diamond cutter and take a still fucking, oh, still fucking brilliant. Like, it took fucking ages for, for 100 people to put down The Undertaker. <laughs> I'm not looking weak in front of these fucking yayoos. I'm not jumping to Chavo Guerrero. Mm. Um, yeah. that, was, that was my big issue with that, is that Shane looked too strong. Undertaker <laughs> looked too strong. But and DDP looked exactly the same. And DDP looked does. exactly the pluggy same. Uh, yeah, we do need the old Stone Cold back. So it was, the right, it was the right visual eventually to have the ECW-WCW alliance standing over Team WWF. Like that was the right vision at the end, the right visual at the end. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it, though, for next week. Um, what did you remember from this very memorable episode of SmackDown?
0: Probably the thing I remember the most is the recap of the Raw yeah. With the ECW around that was a with good. With a slowly I turn, oh, just a magnificent moment. The help to invasion, God knows what it looked like without ECW joining in. Oh, it would have been. Oh, it would have been miserable. I think it would have still been interesting, but they'd have had to
1: really do some smoke and mirrors to make mm. to make that look like a, a, a potential thing. Thankfully, yeah, that didn't have to happen.
0: Look at the invasion pay per view. Looking at all that without the ECW guys, you're like, yikes. Um, Mega yikes! Mega. I mean, we still Shark have... Boy would have made an appearance at
1: this rate. <laughs> Who would you put on fucking Team WCW?
0: You had Shane, Mike Sanders, <laughs> the best you could have made. The Dog. <laughs> I think the, like, the later Dubs to be gimmicks. Kiss Demon <laughs> and Wildcat Willie.
3: <laughs> Wildcat Willie!
0: I love that. Idiot. That's a
3: hell of a shout. That's a hell of a shout. I
0: think you'd Scott ha- Hudson has turned on Team WCW. <laughs> and left for his genuine employment elsewhere. He got benefits. Absolute piece of oh,
1: shit. Oh no, Thank you, Hudson! You'd have had to avoided doing the inaugural brawl thing. You, I just think you'd have had the to fuck all brawl. The fuck all brawl. You could have done Angle Booker T one on one. You could have done Undertaker DDP again or Angle DDP. But hey, it doesn't matter because we got it we've got the ECW bit and that, fuck me, that helped. Um, for I remembered, it's, I'll go for the obvious one. I need the old stone cold. That is the, yeah, an iconic line from Vince. Iconic segment. Addresses, as I said earlier, addresses an elephant in the room in the best possible way. Gives us a nice tease for next week. And a fucking weird turn the following. Um, but I, yeah, I love that whole segment. Vince begging to be stunned and kind of bring back that old fire in Austin. I thought oh, that was great.
0: Uh, what was something you'd forgotten? From this episode, uh, Tajiri not joining Team ECW, I guess, because they've just—it makes sense why, because it's like, hang on, you're getting you're getting over here. We've got we've got something with you in Regal, so why would have you join Team ECW? That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm. But it's just like you think Tajiri, you think ECW first and foremost, um, and also while we're here at it. Lance Storm and Mike Awesome being part of Team ECW. Yeah, that's. a... am still saying. annoyed at that because like, That's not. No, they weren't.
1: Weird comp, a weird, a weird, uh, a weird pairing. Yeah. An odd choice for those to put them on ECW. Um, I forgot Camp Town Races. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jimmy Crack Hall. Yeah, Camp
0: Town Races. <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> <Camp Town races. laughs> I I knew
1: the bit happened. Run, run, run I knew the bit happened, but I didn't realise it happened like this deep into the invasion. Like I, In my head, I thought, oh, maybe it happens beforehand. And I was like, oh, shit, the night like the invasion properly gets underway, we're doing all this comedy nonsense as well. Okay, that's, that's a thing. But uh, it's still a funny bit. Austin and Angle, I'll be sad because the, the, those two as a double act, their time's coming to an end. It'll change into something very different. It'll give us some phenomenal baby face fire from Kurt Angle. There's yes. one promo in particular that I'm excited to hear with Ang- with Austin in the ring and Angle ripping off his neck brace, tears yep. in his eyes, promising to beat Steve Austin, and Austin looking fucking terrified. Like I'm so excited to get to that in a few months' time, but that's for a few months' time. Thank you very much for listening to the 100th cultaholic classic SmackDown review. What a hundred weeks! Plus, wow. it's actually been more than 100 weeks because we do pay views and take time off and stuff. Yeah. Been 100 episodes of the classics back during the year. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that
0: great? Isn't
3: that lovely? What a dream we started.
0: Ah, oh, and it's not like Nitro's episode 100 where we got Luga win the title! Luga win oh. the title! Luga win the title! Oh, that's a that's a joy to look forward Snoopy to. Won <laughs> Snoopy <laughs> won the tennis! Snoopy won the tennis! Snoopy won the tennis! Crowd losing their mind, throwing shit in the ring. Ah, oh, they're so
1: happy. <laughs> Ah, but the tennis wasn't on the line.
0: No! <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> you bastard! That's right, at, at Brown Wild. Next <laughs>
1: month, that's Brown the song, Wild. right? It? Charlie Brown, that's his name. I believe Brown Wild is what you get with food poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, we'll be in there. Lovely. Uh, what have you got coming up, my friend? It's the 1st of October today. Start off a brand spanking new month, spooky month. Whoa. Pumpkin spice month, Halloween month. Mm. What are you got? To plan
0: tonight? Probably drink lost pumpkin spice. You took words out of my mouth. Um mm-hmm. doing silly videos as always, doing called the holic wrestling podcast with the wrestling podcasters next door. And doing more stuff with you. Yeah. Nothing more sophisticated than that. Doing more streaming. Uh move my days for streaming from Wednesday to Thursday now to make it easier for myself. Um, stuff happens on a Wednesday. Fuck all happens on a Thursday evening, turns out. That makes so, sense. Um, doing that, So uh, play. Did this Elysium oh. then it broke on like two or three playthroughs, and I went, "I hate this." Because have you seen it? Awesome games done quick when they do the speed run and stuff. Yes. Every three runs, someone go. this has never happened before, and I've played this game thousands of times. It turns out that happened because the game broke twice in oh, ways that I didn't appreciate. So I'm playing New Vegas, I guess. And Sundays, we're going through a new thing because uh, it's had this weird idea of looking at the Wrestling Observer Newsletter when they had the fan awards, read awards for like best wrestler, this wrestler, and look at the 10 matches he thought was the best and the 10 matches he thought were the worst. Oh, wow. and see how Sunday. historically they all hold up. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because we watched uh, watched Hogan and uh, Savage at Uncensored 98 and it's the cage match. And we're thinking, this isn't that. I mean, they brought it outside and it's all right, but Hogan's bleeding and a uh, matcher man comes off the top of the cage with an axe handle. We're like, this isn't that bad. And then, Sting comes down from the rafters, helps Savage, and then Savage turns on Sting and then leaves the match whilst not helping Hogan, and that's the finish. The pay per view. I'm like, oh, that's why it stuck. Oh. So that's been a fun memory uh, jog.
1: Nice. When are you doing that again? Sundays.
0: Sunday. 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 Yeah, we'll finishing '98 to watch uh, the classics like Big Brian Adams and Mongo at Road Wild and. Uh, oh. And hopefully DDP Goldberg. You're threatening me with a good time. What about yourself, nice. Tom? Busy, busy, busy. Uh,
1: okay. New Desert Island Graps on Wednesday with Impact Wrestling's Tasha Steeles. Ooh. Recording that uh, on the night that we record, on the same day that we record this. That'll be later tonight. I'm recording with Tasha Steeles. Uh, they've been recorded by now. All being well. And it'll be in the can. And you'll hear it on Wednesday. Ahead of Bound for Glory on Friday. We'll chat to Impact star Tasha Steeles. Uh the Classic The News podcast. The classic Raw review. The classic Smackdown review. Classic Night review. Now back fully. Uh, full speed. After my time away, which is nice. So that'll be work life, personal life, um, mm-hmm. early stages of planning a wedding. It's quite exciting. Engagement party, it's a point before that, though. I've got to do all that bit first. Uh, and the rest of the time, rubbing aloe vera on myself, because if you are a Patreon, <laughs> you get to see just how much of a mess that my stomach still is from sunburn. Uh, it's just pain all around here. <laughs> I can't <laughs> so, see anything. Do you not see anything? Maybe it's better today. Well, there you go. you got a little treat for yourself. Yeah, it's working. There you go, whatever it is, it's working. Basically, every time I get an itch on my stomach and I scratch my stomach, oh.
0: um,
1: 10 seconds later, just searing pain. I've done it a few times during this. I've gone, oh, I need to not do that. I went bright red. Uh, I went lobster red on the first couple of days. Yeah, like, like,
0: someone just gave Jack a compliment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly like that. Exactly like that. Uh, and then we are back next week for another one of these classic at coldholic.com. If you want to drop us an email about the SmackDown review, love to hear from you next week. We'll do a big mailbag segment next week. Until we are next back together, he's at Matthew Greg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> We're at Coldaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Juxtaposition, you big dirty fucking corn bike man. Love you, bye. Another
0: but a corn dog.